Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store and 11warriors.com. Bo and Johnny on a Michigan winning week. Listen, yeah. folks, you, you, <laughs> we, uh, we, I believe we had this. Uh, I believe we had this. It's funny. I had a, uh, I had a conversation with uh, Uncle Tom on Thursday and he came up to me we're gonna get our brains beating we're you know they're so good they're 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 favorites in our place and you know we're, we're no good we almost lost to Maryland and I, I said Uncle Tom settle down you have to settle down and you got to know who your coach is and you got to know the program he built and you got to understand that Urban Meyer does this better than any coach in the country and the this is dominate rivals he did it in Florida where they actually have three rivals they played Georgia Tennessee and Florida State and all of those games are monster games they're all monster games University of Florida. And of those three, he lost a grand total of twice in the time he was at Florida. And he played, <laughs> him, you know, th- obviously three times a year. He's now 7 and 0 against Michigan. He is this this is a nice little reminder. And I think that Johnny's what this game will be remembered for for till the end of time will be this will be the Urban Meyer Michigan game. Because this was the year that Harbaugh was supposed to be better. This was the year with 18 starters back. This was the year that he gets to Dixieland delight quarterback from Mississippi dropping in his lap and you know in March and and this was the year it was going to be different and it wasn't different it was the same and it's worse than than even it's been the previous three years it was a more dominant performance and the difference between Urban Meyer's Ohio State and Jim Harbaugh's Michigan is the difference between a as my wife once told me when I first before I uh, had ever been to Ohio she said well we have mountains and I said well, honey I'm from Montana I'm quite certain that I know what a mountain is <laughs> and you don't have mountains. And that's the difference between Ohio State and Michigan at the moment, my friend. I will say this. I was a little shocked, Johnny, at how comprehensive this was because it was it was 62 to, to 39. It could have yeah. very easily been 76 to 14. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ohio State was shooting itself in the foot for most of the first half and still came out with a, what, a 43-point, no, 23-point victory. I I mean, here's what I said in the threat-level Michigan thing that I do every week, where it's just kind of a Michigan recap, is that until I see some evidence otherwise, which is Michigan actually winning a game, if you're making predictions about any Ohio State-Michigan game where Urban Meyer is the head coach for Ohio State, there is no reason after this, there's no reason whatsoever to ever, ever bet against Ohio State. And this guy, I don't care what the record is. They could be, you know, like they could come in four yeah. and seven or whatever. I don't give a crap. They are going to win this game until I see some proof otherwise. And I am refusing. Like, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is done. Like, it's over. Urban Meyer owns Michigan. I don't care what the records are. I don't care what the narrative is going into it. I'm not going to – I was smart this year. I was smart this year, and I said, you know what? I still think Ohio State's going to pull it out because I had an inkling that they would pull it out. I didn't think they would destroy Michigan as early as they did. Yeah. But I think I was starting to formulate – I think we were both starting, really, to formulate in our brains the the mathematical fact, really, at this point, that Michigan cannot beat Urban Meyer, period. And I will never, ever choose against – Ohio State, uh, as long as Urban Meyer's at the helm after this, because it was it was like it was one of those reality warping things, you know, that you just don't think should really happen to the laws of physics, but just it doesn't matter because Urban Meyer's at Ohio State, and it doesn't matter who's at Michigan, and he's going to win no matter what. Period. And that's that's Let where I'm at. Yeah, I, well, that's where you're at. That's the program that Urban's built, and it's the one that Jim Harbaugh is having a hell of a time trying to build. And I, I had the Harbaugh thing wrong. I mean, I, I really thought by this time he would have won. 
Um, I really thought he would be there urban. I thought he would be really energetic in recruiting, and I thought he'd get a steady stream of pro-style quarterbacks and big running backs and that they would recruit a different player than Urban offensively and that, that he would win his share of recruiting battles on defense and that he could build a similar program within four years, and I was dead wrong. He can't. He can't. I, I did not foresee him being so weird early on, and I think that, <laughs> that hurt him. I mean, I think the milk and the steak and the um, throwing around with his shirt off and, I mean, all of it. I just don't know if it resonates with kids. Um, I think it comes across as a little bit awkward and yeah. I, I don't, he's not winning enough on the recruiting front. They do not have somebody in player development that gets somebody demonstratively better like Ohio state does with Mickey Marathi. And I'm, I was trying, I was thinking about this. Is this, and I, I don't know what the answer to it is. I'm, I'm leaning one way, but I'm curious what your thought is. Do you think this is a bigger indictment of Harbaugh or an endorsement and realization of what urban is at Ohio state? Oh, I think it's an endorsement. I, I, you know, look, it's really hard to get to the level that Ohio State has gotten, particularly in terms of recruiting, because that's what you saw, I think, on the field, really. It's scheme wise. I mean, Kyle had a great thing on our website about how they use the mesh routes to really, you know, neuter a lot of what Don Brown wants to do and all this other stuff. But that's great. But, you know, I think what this game showed was just the level of athleticism and talent that Ohio state has at certain parts of the field that Michigan, like you said, after four years just has not been able to build up. And I don't know that really, I mean, it takes an epic just turd of a game from Ohio state for a team to be able to compete against them in terms of like raw physicality. Now, granted Purdue has some really good players and they were able to exploit a lot of stupid stuff on Ohio state's defense, but Ohio state was still like, you know, putting up yards and stuff like that. It, it just, my point is, is that I think what urban Meyer has been able to bring to the table in terms of talent is really remarkable. And sometimes that talent is used incorrectly. Um, and sometimes it isn't developed well, and sometimes they, you know, overestimate a player and say that this guy's, you know, better than he really turns out to be, and that's fine. But as long as you have a gap at places where it really matters, like a Paris Campbell on a guy who's like 30 miles per hour faster than the, you know, corner who's trying to guard him, those are things you can't mitigate with coaching. And I just, I think that really shows the the talent gap and, and some really important places that Urban Meyer's been able to cultivate. I don't know that you can necessarily blame that on, on Jim Harwell because I don't know that there's really more than like one or two other coaches in college football that are capable of recruiting to that level. So I think it's more of an endorsement of Urban Meyer's ability to just bring in athletes and players that can really just perform to an insanely high uh, athletic level. There's only one guy, in, you know, I don't want to say the history of football because, you know, certainly, you know, Bobby Bowden, Florida State in the 90s and for a sustained period of time. Um, and and there's been stretches of, uh, of of others, you know, from from time to night time that would put together a 10 year run of, of this. The best that's doing it is Saban. Urban is second best I've ever seen at at identifying a kid in the recruiting process getting the kid on campus, developing that kid to be a pro and then sending him off on his way. And, and most of Urban's kids at Ohio State and the kids he had at Florida, at most of all of them have been great pros. Like right. the job that he does at that is even better than Saban in terms of getting them through the school, developing them and getting them ready for the NFL. I mean, it's even better than Saban. Ohio State's track record with pros and his track record at Florida with pros is better even than Saban at Alabama. So I agree with you. It's mostly an endorsement of what Urban 
Corcoran has done at Ohio State is a little bit of an indictment of what Harbaugh has been unable to do at Michigan, and that is to build 80% of the program uh, that Urban has, and he hasn't. When, when Devin Bush went out of this game in the third quarter, um, when he goes out of the game, they can't, t- they can't tackle. It's yeah. over. It's over. And yeah. their, their lack of depth was just stunning. Um, I could not believe that that they could not. I, I assumed that they'd be able to get to Haskins. They didn't even bother him. I don't know that they knocked him off his spot once. Um, it tells me that much of this season motivation has been a little bit of a problem because um, because I didn't you didn't see that effort from the offensive line all year long. That no. You saw against the best you know defensive line, and that you know Michigan has NFL like Rashawn Gary's going to play in the league. He's a top fifteen pick. Um, you know, and, and he didn't get close to Dwayne Haskins. He didn't bug him a bit. Um, and, and so you didn't see that type of effort week in and week out from Ohio state that, you know, for much of the season, it did rest on its laurels and, you know, just showed up and was better and and hung on for victories. And that's why you have, you know, like Maryland and Nebraska and countless other games. I think the one thing about the Purdue and even the Maryland and and even Nebraska that Michigan didn't have, (coughs) excuse me, all those teams had really quick guys in the slot who could go horizontal and then turn it up vertical. And what would happen is the same thing we did at Don Brown's defense is they would put it, they would get a matchup against a linebacker. And then all of a sudden they'd make the corner and away they go. And that's why all those 70 yard runs, you know, 75 yard pass plays happen in those games yeah. because we were in the position that Michigan found themselves in on Saturday and yeah. Michigan never had that type of team. They didn't have, they don't have that guy, which is crazy that well, four years in Harbaugh doesn't have that guy. Who can and not catch only on that, the- yeah, I'm watching Karen and, and and just one last point on that, and it speaks to the overall talent. I'm watching Karen Higdon or Karan Higdon play Saturday, and I'm going, he's he's what the fourth best tailback at Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and okay, but here's the other thing. Like, let's okay, let's take it to on the Ohio State side. You got a guy like Olave who comes in out of nowhere, sure. really, in the past right. couple games, is an immediate impact player, scores touchdowns. Yeah. Does great things on special teams. You don't see that on Michigan. You don't see a guy who just comes no. out of nowhere and showcases no. insane athleticism and, and talent from like jump, and then completely ch- turns the game on its head. They don't have a player like that. And Ohio State's got Isn't how many shocking guys to do it? How could they not? Yeah, it's been I don't there know. four years, right? And if you're talking about an indictment of Jim Harbaugh, I mean, that's that would be it. That you would expect them to have somebody. Like, it's great that they can build up some of these guys, you, you know, like Peppers and all these other dudes, and come in and play really well and have great seasons. That's awesome. Good for them. But you got to be able to. not enough. To, yeah, it's not enough. You got to be able to have guys who can make it an immediate impact as soon as they get onto the team. And, again, that's not always going to be the case at Ohio State. You're not going to always have a guy who comes in as a freshman, does amazing things. But the fact that you can have that if somebody goes down or if you need a guy to step up, you got a guy like Brendan White coming in and playing really well. You have to have something like that. And I just well, think that's you know, depth even, of program. Yeah, exactly. That's the depth of program. That's right. identification of talent as a 16 year old, 15, 16 year old, creating a relationship getting the kid on campus, getting him coached up right, and then developing him with Mickey Marotti. And so that's yeah. Marotti, Pantone, Urban. Those three guys, that's the fulcrum of the whole program yeah. is those guys. And so that's the way – they don't – Michigan doesn't have that. And the difference is glaring. I mean, it's just stunning. And I, I come away – I really come away wondering if, if Michigan – if Michigan to a certain extent will end up being like Tennessee and like <laughs> Nebraska – 
yeah. and like those other programs that just never get it back. That that just there's not an and the, it has a lot of similarities to to Tennessee and to Nebraska and some of those other you know museum programs as I like to call them. Notre Dame's defied logic. Like they've they've done it. They've gotten undefeated this year and they're probably going to be in the playoff. But like so many of those programs, there's there's not a proximity to talent within the state that you can build upon. And it's just really hard. And, you know, the expectation at Michigan is to be Ohio State. I don't think it's in the cards. And that's a tough realization, I would think, yeah. for the people up there. Well, and the thing about Notre Dame, Notre Dame's helped by the fact that you've got a religious aspect to it. They can draw from all over the place because you've got a, you know, you've got a connection, like a social connection with a lot of these guys who might be living in Hawaii or Nevada or wherever. And you can draw from oh, that. Yeah. Michigan doesn't have that. Um, so, I, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't really know where they go from that. I mean, Harbaugh, look, Harbaugh's still a very good coach. It's not like he's doing is poorly. He he's not, he's not, he's not well, dropping out like Brady Hoke. But... No, no, no. Yeah, but I'm not sure that he's that much better than Brady Hoke. Yeah. Well, he's a lot I mean, better okay, than Rich Rodriguez. The then? Because I think Harbaugh can string together like nine and 10 win seasons. I just don't know that you're going to get anything more. Well, than they that. don't lose. See, here's the deal. Harbaugh doesn't lose the dumb games that Hoke lost. Right. So he's not going to lose to Illinois. I mean, he's they're going to battle and beat Northwestern because he recruits better players than Hart than Hoke had, and they're very they're disciplined. But yeah. he's not in a position the way he's currently coaching that 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 program. They're not in a position to where they're ever going to challenge. You can't play offensively like that in the year of our Lord two thousand eighteen. <laughs> I mean, you no, can't. you can't. Right. I mean, how stubborn is he to think yeah. that that is the way? Like that, you take two shots a half, and then just run it the rest of the time. And if the tailback, if the tailback is, you know, Nick Chubb, then okay, maybe you can do that. But when the the tailback's Karan Higdon, you can't. Yeah. And and they don't they don't have that. Like if you want to play that way, that slug it out way. And by the way, even Alabama, who used to play that way, doesn't play that way anymore because it's not tenable in college football in in 2018. They had to evolve, and Harbaugh has not evolved offensively. He hasn't. I mean, some of those. Some of those shoelace Devin Gardner teams were tougher to stop than what we saw Saturday, and that was with Shea Patterson. I mean, yeah, they couldn't. What were they doing offensively? Nothing. I mean, they just there was nothing that scared you about them offensively. I was telling a friend of mine like this is you know what you saw at Ohio State and what you've seen out of other teams like that's the future of college football at least for the immediate future is you've got to be able to and willing to put up 40 45 points a game because that's how the game is trending and you're absolutely right I mean Jim Harbaugh if you you think you can come in and do exactly what we did at Stanford right with Andrew Luck and all those guys it's not you can't do it anymore like I'm sorry like the game has changed that quickly it's evolved that much it requires a different kind of player that they don't have and, you know, it's fortunate that, all you know, Ohio State's got to admire and, you know, the way he recruits and the way his teams are structured, that it, it lends itself to, I think, a more adaptable uh, offense to what's going on with defenses and college football in general. But I think that's a big part of it. And, and honestly, like, I think you might you're kind of shifting me towards maybe more of an indictment of Harbaugh because that's a big deal. You've <laughs> got to be willing to change. He won't adjust. Yeah, you got to be he willing to he change. can still – yeah, he thinks he can still be in the Stone Age, right? Like he, and by the way, the success he had at Stanford—I don't know if, how much, how many people remember this. He had a certain quarterback by the name of Andrew Luck, right? Okay, like for all of the way they played at Stanford, he had Andrew freaking Luck at quarterback. Like, how much of it was that? So yeah. th there's just a lot to it, and I'm just—I'm just shocked at, at where they are. Where Ohio State is is back in it. <laughs> 
very much in it. They're going to play for a Big Ten championship this week against uh, Northwestern on Saturday in Indy. Um, as I, I predicted this, uh, James Lorenz was panicking on me last week about how Haskins isn't going to get an invite to New York City. And I said, just wait. Just wait. I said, I'm telling you, I know how this Heisman thing goes. If he lights up Michigan, he is going to New York City because all you need in the Heisman is statistical accumulation so that people who didn't watch all of your games can look at your stat line and go, oh, holy hell. And then all you need is a big moment. That's it. So yeah. he's got the statistical accumulation, and then he had his moment. He threw for 396 yards thanks to a you know the last one, a toss sweep. But JT Bear got like 35 <laughs> touchdowns in his career off of that. Um, but he threw for 396 yards, six touchdowns against Michigan, who had the number one defense in the country. And now he's got 4,000 yards passing and over 40 touchdowns. Dwayne yeah. Haskins is going to New York City. He's going <laughs> he would have to i don't understand like if he doesn't get yes he's going, he's going to new york city he's, he's going it's not second. i'm telling you it's not close he will yeah. be the third guy it'll be him kyler murray and Tua tongue of iloa yeah and i think you know depending on how the championships and stuff shake out i i really i think Tua is going to win it but i i think Dwayne yeah. is is going to finish second i mean you look at the, the stats are insane like obviously it's a function of how college football has changed over the past several years but this is this is something else i mean it if you look at the statistics, you know, thousands and thousands of yards passing and, you know, breaking the big 10, uh, you know, uh, all like season uh, touch or pass down or passing touchdown record. Um, it, that is not something that I would have predicted from an Ohio state quarterback five years ago. Like I would have expected maybe, okay, you're going to run for, you know, 1200 yards or 1300. I would not expect it an Ohio state quarterback to sit back and throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in a season. But this is where we're at. And I, honestly, I he's definitely going to New York. The other thing that I think benefits Ohio State a little bit in terms of that is um, I think it reshapes the narrative. I think it'll be really good to have Dwayne Haskins getting the, you know, the Tom Rinaldi soft focus treatment in New York City. Um, yeah. I think that that is going to be a good thing for the program in general. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I still am not positive or really could make a call about whether Ohio State is going to be able to get into the playoff at this point. I think a lot of it really depends on what happens next weekend. But um it's so funny yeah. for us and for uh Ohio State fans in general is last week, middle of the week, one week, we took some calls and yeah. eight out of nine were we want no part in the playoff. We do not want to be embarrassed by Alabama. <laughs> we don't. We want no part of it. Like, let's go to Washington State. Let's play them in the Rose Bowl. Like, no part of it. And now mm -hmm. today it's like the NCAA is out to let's screw go. us if we don't get in. And it's like, well, wait a second. You wait a second. Like, you you can't forget what happened a week ago against Maryland. You can't act like yeah. that didn't happen. And then, you know, and skip past it. I think that the very – I think it's a, a very easy, simple – if you want to make a T-shirt – like we could make it, or we could have homage make it. Be very simple. Mm -hmm. The T-shirt is this: Roll Tide. Okay, cool. Hook them. That's the T-shirt. <laughs> Alabama beats Georgia. Texas beats Oklahoma. You're in. Yeah. Congratulations. You're in. I think that, and it's so funny because I already already hear like Ohio State people like framing their argument to get in over Oklahoma, saying that Oklahoma doesn't play any defense, and that, and they don't. They don't play any defense. But neither do we. Yeah. yeah. Statistically, we're, we're, we are better. And then you'll hear people say, yeah, but they don't have a quality win. And I'll say, okay, how quality was the win? How quality is Michigan? Right. Are you sure they're good? Right. Like, right. are we certain Michigan's good? And James and I said, and I actually posed this to him. I said, who do you think's favored on a neutral field, West Virginia or Michigan? And he said, West Virginia. 
And I said, yeah, I think you're right. After what I saw from Michigan, I think West Virginia would be favored on a neutral field by three and a half, four, something like that. Yeah, um, because of their offense, and, absolutely. Yeah, I, I yeah, they can, they'd be able to score against Michigan um, yeah. because I think Michigan was a paper tiger. They didn't play any great offenses uh, until they played ours. So I and, and and Oklahoma's only loss is on a neutral field on a last second field goal to its rival, who's currently ranked tenth in the country. You lost by right. twenty nine to Purdue. So if your <laughs> argument, your, your arguments, if you're Ohio State, are mostly superficial ones. They are, sure. we will have higher ratings if we're in than Oklahoma, and I can't argue with that. I cannot argue with that. You will have higher ratings if you're in. You definitely will. And then the other thing is just the idea of, are you going to really leave the Big Ten out two years in a row? You know, Maybe. Are you, are <laughs> I don't, think, do I don't, think, I, I don't, don't think the playoff committee has any compunctions about that. I think they will definitely do that. If, if it's Ohio State and nobody, yeah, I, I think they will definitely do that if that's their option and they don't feel Ohio State lives up to the, you know, the fourth team in. I think they'd definitely do that. Yeah, because there's nothing that I don't, unlike, unlike in 2014, that Wisconsin team was ranked pretty high, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were they were like a fourteen point. Yeah, they were a double digit favorite against Ohio State going into that. I mean, right. that was that was a huge win. So I don't. I mean, look, I'm looking it up really quick while you're talking. I'm trying to remember how high Wisconsin was ranked. I thought they were game. like thirteenth or something like that. Um, they were eleven. They might have been, been even higher than that. Um, here's my biggest trepidation, my biggest fear about the college football playoff, which is simply if you're going to play so Alabama, you want to get, it was not, they were 11. Wisconsin was okay. 11. We were six, but we had just okay. lost. We had just lost Haskins. Right. Or I mean, JT, JT. Yeah. Which is, I mean, and that's, you know, and that's a hell of a win here. My biggest thing about the playoff was that I don't want to, I didn't at the time want to get involved with a game against Alabama that I didn't think Ohio state would be able to score or make it a game. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. I think they've figured out a lot of really important things. Like what somehow they figured out in a week though. Like well, that's the thing. Like did they figure out how to be motivated? Because you watch against Maryland, you go to disaster. I think so what is it? What switch? And I don't have the answer to it. I asked the question, I don't have the answer. Yeah, they scored a crap ton of points against Maryland. My, my point is is that and this, we talked about this earlier in the season. Ohio State is a decent-ish matchup against Alabama. Because they can score points. They have a puncher's yeah. chance. They can get out there and they can start doing things. And honestly, the Alabama's defense has vulnerabilities, especially in the passing game. I don't think Ohio State would even be able to remotely slow down Tua or their running game or any of the other stuff that they do. But I also think Ohio State would be able to score points in bunches. And so, again, I think Alabama would be rightfully favored in a game against Ohio State. I also think Ohio State could probably put up 30 or 40 points on them. So yeah, that would be a game I'd want to watch. I would be okay with that. I don't want to see Ohio State lose by 50 to Alabama. I would be cool with a close game that maybe Ohio State doesn't necessarily come out on top, but at least they'd have a shot. So my opinion on that has changed somewhat because I think they've figured out ways to exploit um, even good defenses with things like the mesh concepts that they're running and a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the wide receivers. So I think that the difference would be is that Alabama wouldn't play straight man. But that being said, I do think that that the reason that you want to be in that game, and I've always said you want to be in that game, is because you have athletes that can run with their athletes. Right. Well, you do. You've recruited at a similar level. And the crazy thing is, of the five teams that I – well, and can you throw Georgia in there too. There's six teams for four spots. I think there are six teams that are all very similar from a talent standpoint and a danger standpoint. And then I think the one team that's 
probably for sure in right now is that's different is Notre Dame because I don't think Notre Dame can can hang with Alabama and I don't think they can hang with Clemson and I don't think they can hang with us frankly um I don't think they've got the players but they're going to get in um so if you take the four best you know I don't know that Notre Dame is one of the foremost talented, but they're <laughs> going to get in because they went 12 and 0. So that's the spot that you're in. The, yeah. I think the, the the big thing would be of what I the reason I brought up Wisconsin is I don't think even 59 to nothing over Northwestern does you a damn thing. Not Northwestern, I, I, no. No. It's because of the brand. I think right. if if the exact same resume rolled into Indianapolis Saturday and they were outfitted like Nebraska or mm-hmm. outfitted like Wisconsin, it, or even Iowa, there would be a different feel. But despite the fact that Northwestern's won like 14 out of 15 conference games, they do they have zero national credibility. None. Right. So you will get, you're not going to get the bump that you got when you beat uh, Wisconsin 59 to nothing. I don't think you're going to get that bump. So well, Ohio State, and I think Oklahoma, that, but Ohio State should be a pretty large favorite, right? Going into that game. I don't, you yeah, know, it's 13 or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, if you win that game by 20, nobody's impressed by that. I mean, that's, that's, you know, within the realm of feasibility. Even I even think 59 to nothing. I think people would be like, well, yeah, they're Northwestern. Right. Because people aren't watching the big 10. You're not watching Northwestern play. Northwestern lost to Akron. As soon as Northwestern right. loses to Akron, no one around the country is paying attention to them. They're not watching Northwestern against Illinois on Saturday. No, no one's watching that. No one in that committee room is watching that. Northwestern's not going to have any respect in that committee room. Um, so, meantime, Oklahoma's going to play Texas. And people have watched Texas, I assure you. So, that that's that's kind of the spot you're in. That's why I think the very simplest way is root for Alabama and root for um, Texas. You do the, yeah. If those things happen, you're in. Book your tickets to Dallas. You're the four seed and uh, hope for the best. But that's, I think that's the very simple straight line to it. And then I think other than that, you can convince. Um, but then you have to start being – then it starts to be the superficial arguments of, well, we have more te- – and those things matter. Television ratings matter. They do. And it, you want to know the, the funny – I'll tell you this. There's all, there are so many people who think that there's an agenda against Ohio State. There's no agenda against Ohio State no. in any way, shape, or form. And Ohio State, frankly, is good for business. If the college football playoff matchups are Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson, Notre Dame, you will break records across the board. Hell, I mean, Ohio State's been breaking records all season against, you know. That's what I mean. You saw we did it. So everyone's like, well, we had the number one. You saw our ratings for the game. And I'm like, that's not what's impressive. What's impressive to me is the week before they had the number one rated game in college football yes. and they played Maryland. Yes. That's that That is you know that's what blew my mind. I couldn't believe that. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like, if you're, if you're going to say that they're as nakedly motivated by uh, ratings and money and all this stuff as a lot of people say they are, then you have to accept that Ohio State is going to have an advantage over a lot of other teams because yeah. and Oklahoma is not chop meat. I mean, I'm not they're chop labor. I'm not saying that, but they're not a, they're not a national brand the way Ohio right. State is. No, no, and that's and, and I just you know it, there's so much that goes into this, and I think it's fascinating. Uh, I don't think that the committee would look at you know in Oklahoma. I agree with you. I don't think they look at an Oklahoma that wins the Big Twelve and go, okay, well you know we still like Ohio State. Um, I just think because of the resume, I, th- I think that would discredit a lot of what they do. But Oklahoma goes down, Ohio State's in, and I, easily. Yep. So unless yeah, I, Georgia beats Alabama, and then you got a problem. That because would be Georgia, see, That's that's what if really Georgia beats Alabama close. 
If Georgia beats Alabama close, then I can't see how you leave Alabama out. I, I can't. I mean, I can see how I would, but I can see how they wouldn't. If so Georgia were to think- beat Alabama like 27-24, I think Alabama – I actually think Alabama and Notre Dame are both in – Notre Dame clearly in anyway, but yeah. Alabama's in regardless. I think okay, Alabama's so in. Here's what I think might happen. I'm curious what you think about this. So let's say chaos happens and Georgia beats – not full chaos, but let's say Georgia beats Alabama. Georgia's going to be in. Pretty obvious. Alabama's going to be in. Notre Dame's going to be in. And a case like that, do you think they would look at Ohio State and then possibly put them over Oklahoma in that situation? Because in that situation, like, all right, well, we've got a team that already didn't win their championship. Would we put in Ohio State maybe for ratings or because they have momentum or something like that? Over Clemson? Over Oklahoma. But in your scenario, Clemson's not in either? Oh, Clemson. Well, okay, so that's – Because we got to deal with them. Totally forgot about Clemson. You're right. You're right. Because they're undefeated. Yeah, that would then that would preclude Ohio State from getting. You're right. Yeah, I think the I think the nightmare scenario, the nightmare scenario for us is Georgia beats Bama, right? Because I think Bama would be the four, Clemson would be the one, so they'd play. Although that'd be a rematch, they'd play Clemson against Bama, and then they'd play maybe maybe or maybe they'd put Georgia number one to save to save that and go Clemson go. Alabama, Georgia in the first round, and Clemson, Notre Dame in the other playoff. I think they would probably um, they do could that. Be, they could do that based on just Clemson's lack of strength of schedule. I mean, that'd probably right. be the way they'd go about that. Um, the I, I just think it's very simple: root for Alabama, root for Texas. Yeah. Then you're in. And that's, then that's you're all in. You need. And then you're going to get to play. And then you're going to be playing. Um, you know, then you play for net. You play in Dallas against Bama, which would be fun. Which, That'd be fun yeah. to do. I'd love to see that game. Be, be sure wild. to visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more dry goods at 11warriors.com. Also, don't forget to, to follow 11 Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Um, let's do, let, before we get to Northwestern and the Big Ten and the preview, do we have any Ask Us Anythings this week? We we do. Let's do a couple of those. If you guys would like to send us any questions in to Ask Us Anything, you can write us uh, to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11 Dubcast on Twitter. Let's start off with our good friend uh, Alvin here. Alvin just wants to know, is the Tate package dead now that it's been unsuccessful and uh, how well they've been doing in recent red zone trips? It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. It's just not relevant. It's not relevant. Until Tate Martell, until there's confidence in Tate Martell, I'm surprised he didn't call a jump pass. Yeah. Um, Until there's confidence in Tate Martell to throw the football, it's dead. Because... He he's he, it's the same problem as Dwayne when Dwayne wasn't keeping. The other reason it's dead is because Dwayne's now running it. In the last two weeks, Dwayne's kept it, so it's dead in that sense too. So, um, yeah, it's dead. Don't worry, you get plenty of Tate next year. He's your quarterback now. He's QB one <laughs> in 2019, so you'll get plenty of Tate Martell next year. Yeah, it's gonna be all Tate in the red zone because uh, that's gonna be the only option. Um, it's gonna be all, all right. him in the all zones. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. This next one. This is from uh, this is from Pete. Uh, I'll just kind of sum up here, but Pete basically is a, he's an Ohio state fan. He married a woman with two degrees from Michigan. They started dating just after, yeah, they started dating just after Jim Trestle was hired and they've been married for 14 years, which is great. (laughs) Uh, Which by the way, I love that he frames the entirety of his relationship, uh, you know, in relation to Ohio state football and Jim Trestle being hired. Um, yeah. Needless to say, the history has been rather kind to me for the entirety of a relationship, 16 and two. 
and I've had a good deal of practice being a gracious winner. But he says, so first of all, uh, he apparently took his wife to the game on Saturday. They were in B deck, so she, she did not have a great time. He says, I think it may have finally broken her spirit. As she even said, she doesn't think she wants to go to any more of these rivalry games in person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with knowing that, he asks us, what would be an appropriate Christmas gift for that special but wounded Wolverine in your life? Wow. Something sparkly point. tends to win. Um, I don't know. Maybe get her some rubies or something converter. <laughs> try that. Um, that's crazy. It, it brings up an interesting thing because I I had Trestle on the radio last week, and you you realize that since he said in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ohio State is now 16 and two. Yeah, 16 and two. That there's now two separate seven game win streaks since that. Um, and you know, if you're of a certain age and you're a Buckeye fan, you just absolutely still squirm at the Cooper years. But right. we've had retribution. <laughs> we, have, we have gotten revenge. It's not revenge you were after. It's a reckoning. Well, we've got it. I mean, this for them, I, I honestly don't even know, like, if you're a Michigan fan or alum, I mean, I've seen, like, I can't imagine, like, Desmond Howard, how despondent he was. You saw, like, on game day how keyed up he was for it. I've heard <laughs> some of the comments from Tom Brady, like how, you know, that program can't win a big game. Like, it's just, like, I cannot imagine, you know, what the way that that program was for the 90s and even the early 2000s, the games are always great and you're knocking on the door. And now, like, it's just... Like they even had Harbaugh and they can't, they're not close. I mean, I don't even know how they wrap their head around it. So that's a long answer to a, to a short question. Something shiny. I would go rubies. Maybe you can convert her. I, I mean, look, if, if it, things have gotten that bad and they have, because I, I follow, you know, I don't, I don't usually go to Michigan websites, you know, an M, M go blog and things like that, but I check it out usually after the game. And the disconnect from reality is, is, has begun and is almost complete. Because I think they just need to like tune out from reality for a little bit. Uh, so to that end, I would say for the the wounded Wolverine in your life, maybe get your hands on a you know VHS like that you find at a yard sale of maybe like you know Tim Biakabatuka running for three hundred yards, something something to you know remind <laughs> them that that the world is not always pain and misery. But also, you know, make sure it's on a VHS and not like a DVD or a zip drive or something to remind them how old, <laughs> how long it's been. But yeah, yeah, how old the technology that was used to record that particular. Yeah, you have to go get another device from like a, you know, it's some sort of a pawn shop to play it. Yeah, get like a Betamax cassette, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, this is this is what people used to record the last time. Be, hey. were good. Um, yeah, you got to twist the knife a little bit, but, you know, maybe just something to remind them that Boy, life is got it twisted for <laughs> I know, time, I know. 18 years I ago know. man i'm really lucky my wife's an ohio state fan as well uh <laughs> um but yeah yeah i would just i would try to maybe just help them relive the glory years just just a wee bit just a wee bit so uh and that's ask us anything guys please continue to send in those questions we love answering them we love getting them uh and we'll keep doing it so last week in this um in this spot we were talking about trying to project and um, I mean, I've been rooting for Northwestern to lose for a month because I just thought it was the worst possible scenario was somehow yeah. playing Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. I have tremendous amount of respect for Pat Fitzgerald's want to stay at his alma mater and build something of consequence and significance, and he has done that. 
Um, he's done it. It's incredible what he's done. The, but at the same time, it's not doing us any damn favors by playing Northwestern <laughs> in the Big Ten championship game. It's a it's not good. And it's um I don't think I know that Northwestern does not have what Purdue has and Maryland has and Nebraska has from a skill uh speed horizontal to get vertical situation. To me, this looks like a lamb to slaughter. It really does. I, I don't know. The line's 13. I mean, I think Ohio State will cover it in their sleep. I just have absolutely I – can, I cannot come up with a scenario in my head where Northwestern makes this a ball game that doesn't involve us give, turning it over six times. Right. I, just, I, I just think the talent disparity is enormous. If you want to look, if you want to beat Ohio State, you better be able to score a, a grillion points, like a zillion points. You got to be able, to, and I just Northwestern isn't going to do that. They, they're they're a decent team. They're eight and four. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach. They've got a really fancy, you know, lakefront property where they can practice, and that's awesome. Spectacular, isn't it? Yeah, incredible. But it's not going to beat Ohio State. I'm I'm not worried about this game. Um, I think the irony would be incredibly insane should Ohio state lose? I think that would be like one of the most insane moments in, in college football history, but it's not going to yes, happen because would. yeah, I just, it, the talent disparity, as you mentioned, is just too ridiculous. Uh, I think the offense in particular is just firing in all cylinders. The running game's getting back into it. The offensive line is doing much better. They were, they were doing better even against Maryland. I think they're definitely in an upward trajectory. And I think just in terms of the psychological aspect of it, I know that Urban Meyer is going to have this team locked in on Saturday. I, there's no, you're not going to get snuck up on in this situation. I think they realize um, what the stakes are. And I just, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a blowout. So it, it may, you know, it's probably not going to be enough to get in the playoffs if, if Oklahoma doesn't lose. But I think, you know, Northwestern's in for a pretty big beatdown. Yeah. And I, I think if, as you're, if you're a Buckeye fan, I, don't, I mean, I didn't mean to paint a picture of doom and gloom on the playoff. I don't sure. ever underestimate. Don't ever underestimate the greed of those involved in the college football playoff. And you, if there is a way or an argument that can be framed to put Ohio State in this thing, you will get the benefit of that doubt. Right. I assure you. You will get that benefit of the doubt <laughs> because they will cash checks on that on the next television negotiations forever uh, based off of that. So, And I, the one thing that I think has become kind of a negative byproduct of this is of this playoff is it's the same teams. Over and over. I mean, right. it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, like those four teams are in it all the time, it feels like. And and I do think that I'm, I'm a little surprised at that, that there hasn't been some new blood. But because when you add a playoff and you add that extra game, it does take out the, the chance for upset. That's why the, the, the best, the most worthy champion in all of sports is the NBA champion. Because they have to win best of seven, best of seven, best of seven, best of seven. Yeah. Like there's no fluke in that. It's not a one-off. The NFL can have a one-off, right? One quarterback can get get hot in a way. Like nobody thinks that the Giants, the two years they beat the 49ers are better than the, or the Patriots were better than the Patriots. But on any given Sunday, crazy things can happen. David Tyree can catch a ball in his head. You know, like weird things can happen. <laughs> Um, in the NCAA tournament, you can have fluky champions. The best team doesn't always win that because it's one and you're done. And right. it used to be in college football, you could you couldn't have a fluky champion, but it was it was a, a myriad ways to win a championship. And oftentimes, the two best teams wouldn't play forever. The two best teams wouldn't play. You know, we'd go to the Rose Bowl no matter what. And then it was up to a vote to decide who was going to win the champion. 
uh, to win a championship. And you, I mean, think about this, like Colorado's won a national championship and you're in my lifetime. So is Georgia <laughs> tech. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. To think that those teams won national championships when basically what you have now is the bluest of blue bloods win it. And they, they're the ones who compete for it. And, and they get really the no breaking in the party. They lose too. Like that's the other you thing. If you're, if you're not a blue blood and you don't go twelve and zero, you don't win every single game. You're you're screwed. Like sorry, you don't get that. So, I mean, I think, I think it's criminal. I think it would have been criminal, like with the Milton kid getting hurt, that changes it. But I mean, I would have loved to have seen UCF hasn't lost in two years, and they beat Auburn, beat the brakes off of Auburn last year in the in the bowl game. I would have loved to see UCF in it. Right. Just, I mean, like, if they're not worthy of it, who is? Right. I mean, they haven't lost. They haven't lost in two years. Yeah, um, but they're not going to get anywhere near it, and and so it's you're right, and it it does the when you, the the benefit of the doubt that you get when you're Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, and that's why I put and it, it always drives you nuts when people say the preseason poll doesn't mean anything. No, 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 the preseason poll means everything because the preseason poll sets your benefit of the doubt. Right. If you start the year second, you can stay up. When you lose, you drop to eight. You can work your way back up, baby. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's it really started 20 seconds though. When you went out, nobody cares. Like, it's no, yeah, no, you can't. So, um, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm no matter what happens, I'll just say this for this program to go through what it has gone through and to come out of it where it is is remarkable. Yeah. No, it's 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 been a it's been a really Sorry, wild season. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're been, good. It, it's been it's a stunning. To go through what we what that program went through in, in July off the field to losing Nick Bosa, you know, to Haskins not being, you know, an exact fit for Urban's offense and to put up this type of prolific season and to win the Big Ten East and now play for a Big Ten championship, it's remarkable. Yeah, and it kind of – I think it puts in perspective all the hand-wringing and everything else that you do, you know, during the season. And it's weird because I think we get – and maybe it's just a function of how a lot of Urban Meyer's teams have evolved, particularly like really late in the season. You haven't seen kind of a steady upward trajectory. Uh, you've kind of seen them turn it on in the last couple of games a lot of the time. And so because of that, I think it generates a lot of angst among Ohio State fans where you're just, you know, in late September, early October, you're just like grinding your teeth because it's like this team's terrible. They're never getting better. Yeah. And then they do all of a sudden, sometimes all at once, and you're shocked by it. It's an incredible thing. But it also just, I think it makes it harder sometimes to appreciate the meat of the schedule, the, you know, the interior part, because you can never really see how it's going to turn out the way it turns out. And like, again, you know, we take this full circle and go back to the mission game. And I just, nobody expected it, but maybe it was the most predictable thing that could have happened. And I just, I, I think that's what's crazy about <laughs> Urban Meyer at Ohio yeah. State is that nobody was going to call a 62 to 39 win over Michigan. No. But somebody like should have, like somebody should have seen something like that coming, because it it's absurd, but it's also completely in line with what we know uh, about Ohio State in the last you know six seven years. So it just it, it's mind blowing to me, and it, it's it's a weird um, narrative to follow during the season. But I'm I'm excited for Saturday, no matter what happens, because it's the culmination of some really crazy stuff over the past six months. Yeah, this season, you know, last year we, it was the the last year was going always going to be the JT Barrett season, right? Like that's how it was always going to be remembered was as the JT Barrett season. This season will be the Urban Meyer season, whether it's yeah. his last, I don't know, but it'll it'll always be when you think back on this season. Haskins will be one A, but the thing that you'll think about most is going to be Urban Meyer, and 
62-39 over Michigan is, is at this point a good way to remember the end of it. Good stuff, my friend. We're back next week, and uh, we'll be taking a look at, at where the Bucks will be bowling or if they'll be college football playoffing and if they'll be Big Ten champions. I tend to think that they will be pretty handily. Uh, but, but it's – listen, it's another win over Michigan. He's now seven <laughs> over Michigan. Can you imagine being them and thank goodness you don't have to be because oh, ain't it great God. to be a Buckeye? No kidding.